new distribution uh, stories that I see there. Okay. So somebody that doesn't, that isn't, you see, you can you can use pass around your your phone and then get the emails or something. Actually, anybody, just get your yeah, you can do it. Just just uh, you have my email, right? So then just put my and just everybody that doesn't receive my stories yet, you can just put your email in there and I'll add you. It's really nice. One Buddha said, Vita, the only good thing that comes from my computer is your stories. <laughs> <laughs> and when the senior Prabhu decided, he said, I said, are you receiving the stories? He said, yeah, but we need more. There's not enough. We need more. <laughs> so, that's pretty inspiring. I just received one recently. This devotee, he was distributing books for some time. And finally he just, he, he fried. Sometimes that happens, yes. Fry up. <laughs> so he fried up. And then uh, one devotee went there to, he's in London. And uh, one devotee visited London. and encouraged him to, to do the table book distribution with a sign. And he was, you know, he was so prized with book distribution. If anybody even said book distribution, it's kind of like, start to squirm, you know, it's like, no interest in book distribution. But he was a good book distributor before. Hare Krishna. You're here for the book distribution? Do you understand English? Okay, come right on in. Just, uh, if there's no, not enough seats, you can just do like these guys are doing here. The, the Vedic style. <laughs> <laughs> so, Satyan Ryan Prabhu, he suggested, you know, this table book distribution is pretty, it's pretty easy. So he said, I don't give it a try. So he, he, he would set up a table right in front of the London Temple. The London Temple is just like, it's just, it's a, sometimes I also distribute right there. Because you got Oxford Street, which is like a, it's like a highway of people. It's just like, it's like, so many people. But right in front of the temple there, so Street. It's, it's kind of like, you know, So he was doing this for like, like an hour every day. And he was getting a taste. And people, the thing about table book distribution is people come to you. This is really nice. Instead of we trying to you know, stop people, they come to you. And especially if you have a sign. The signs are really good. Therefore, I, I brought a sign. <laughs> Just to give you an idea, you can take a picture of it later. But this is this is really good. We did just have the yoga and meditation, but then I put the philosophy in there too because the yoga, yoga we do yoga, but generally people hear yoga. What do they think? They think doing stretching. 
activities in Krishna consciousness and all of them will be described in the following verses. But for the present, just the principle of Krishna consciousness is described. A conditioned soul entangled in material contamination is sure to act in the material atmosphere. Yet he has to get out of such an, an environment. So Prabhupada says here that a conditioned soul, he's entangled. So how are people mostly entangled? in this world now, huh? Sinful activities, which comes from the bodily conception of life. This is a big entanglement. You know, people thinking that they're the material body. And from that, just so much, yeah, sinful activities, so much nonsense. And therefore, throughout Prabhupada's books, he must mention it thousands of times, how we're not 
the body. And hopefully one day it'll sink in you know, <laughs> that we're not the body. Because so much entanglement comes from that. You know, from that and so many things. My wife, my father, my mother, my children, my home. So much entanglement. And it's not nice to be entangled. Yeah. Just like we've all seen some insect gets caught in a, in a web, spider web. He gets entangled in there. It's not nice. Yeah. He's trying to escape. And the more he tries to escape, the more he gets entangled. And eventually he's his dinner yeah, for the spider. So it's not nice to be entangled. So Krishna consciousness is, is the way to get free of entanglement. And therefore we distribute these books so that people could learn, hey, I'm not this body. I'm a soul. I'm an eternal soul. I'm part of the Supreme. My duty is to, is to serve God not to try to enjoy this this world. Yeah. So this knowledge that we have is, is so valuable because it, it helps people become free of this entanglement, just like all of us. Before we joined, we were completely 100% convinced that I'm the body. Right? Right? Then we got these books. Hey, wait a second. I'm not this body. I'm something, I'm something different, I'm the soul. So as soon as we think like that, then we, be, we start getting free of the entanglement. Of course, it's a gradual process, but maybe you can come forward, Prabhu. It looks like more people are coming. <laughs> Please come forward, 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 yeah. As far up as you can. So, because nobody likes to sit in front of anybody else, right? <laughs> So, the more we practice Krishna consciousness, the more we become free of this entanglement. And a big part of, of this uh, sadhana bhakti that we're practicing is that we have to utilize our time properly. So many times Prabhupada said, don't waste time. Not a moment of time, don't waste time. So I was thinking about that, so I calculated how many seconds do we have in a day? Anybody want to take a wild guess how many seconds there are in a day? Yeah, now you've got to calculate that. <laughs> 86,400 seconds in a day. 86,400 seconds in a day. Now about a quarter of those seconds we use to rest. We get to rejuvenate our body. We sleep at night. So that means there's, there's what, about 60,000 seconds left, more or less. So we got to use all those seconds in the service of Krishna. Don't waste a second. And the best way to utilize those seconds is in giving Krishna to others. Because uh, Krishna's very pleased me to that. Now sometimes the devotees ask, so why is Krishna so pleased with that? He's atmaram, he's self-satisfied. Can we close that door? We're hearing some in the other lecture. 
So why does why is Krishna so pleased with this? Because we're all part and parcel of Krishna. Yeah. Well, we're Krishna's sons and daughters, so we're gone from the spiritual world. Just like there's uh, all over the world, there's there's people that come up missing, missing people report. Millions of people actually, they get abducted, kidnapped, you know, slave trade, and you know, use them for sexual purposes and all kinds of. Kidnapping and so many. So, at least in America, I don't know about other places, but there, you'll find there's always these signs. You know, if you find if you see this person, you know, report this, you know, to this number. And it's uh, probably in Australia too. Yeah. So people come up missing, and people, relatives are looking for them. You know, we're you know trying to find them. So, we're also missing from the spiritual world. We're on the missing report. You know. We're missing from the spiritual world. So Krishna wants us to go back. So if we help those missing souls go back to the spiritual world, Krishna's very pleased. Yeah. Yeah. Or sometimes even people lose their dog and they give a big reward if someone finds their dog. I looked on the internet to see what was the highest reward someone was willing to give for their dog. Ten thousand pounds. Thirteen thousand dollars they were willing to give for their dog. <laughs> Probably people were looking for that dog. Yeah. <laughs> because it's part of the family. Right? So we're all part of a big family in the spiritual world. And we're meant to be there. We're not meant to be here. This is a, a foreign place. You know, we're not meant to be there. We're meant to be in the spiritual world with Krishna. And fortunately, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, by the mercy of uh, the Acharyas, mercy of Krishna, we've come in contact with Krishna again. Now we're on this journey back home, back to Krishna. So if we help others to get on this journey back home, back to Krishna, then how pleased Krishna is. Yeah. Very pleased. As a matter of fact, Krishna, uh, or Srila Prabhupada, he says that, that when we distribute books, we're very quickly recognized by Krishna. It's the quickest way to get recognition of Krishna is by going out on book distribution because we're inviting people back home. So continuing with this purport here. The process by which the conditioned soul can get out of the material atmosphere is Krishna consciousness. For example, a patient who is suffering from a disorder of the bowels due to overindulgence in milk products is cured by another milk product, namely curds. The materially absorbed conditioned soul can be cured by Krishna consciousness as set forth here in the Gita. So this, these books that we're distributing, actually they're, they're medicine. It's medicine for the soul. Now we're diseased. Yeah. We're thinking we're the body, we think we're American or Indian or Australian or Russian. It's a disease. It's called, as Prabhupada said, skin disease. Skin disease. Yeah. And it's an epidemic. 
everybody has this on the planet, by the way. And, you know, we used to have it 100%. Now we have it a little less. You know, now we have some understanding that we're not the body. We're getting free of this disease. Uh, but it's a very, it's a, it's, a, uh, it's a difficult disease to become free of. Worse than cancer. <laughs> this process is generally known as yagya, or, or activities, sacrifices simply meant for the satisfaction of Vishnu or Krishna. So Krishna, he says in the Bhagavad Gita, Nayam lokosta yagyasya kutonya krusatama. That if one does not perform sacrifice, one cannot be happy on this planet or in this life. What to speak of the next life? So generally we don't think of sacrifice as a way to experience happiness, right? Because sacrifice means it's some, you know, some inconvenience, right? But this is actually purification. Therefore, Srila Prabhupada, he, he wrote to the Gurukul teachers. He said, teach the students the joy of austerity. The joy of austerity. Yeah. And it's actually good. Just like as many of us, yeah, we, before we joined, we couldn't imagine waking up at, at 3.30 in the morning. Did anybody here wake up at 3.30 in the morning, every morning before you join? Raise your hand. Not one of us. <laughs> Not one of us. Many of us were going to sleep at that time. Right? How many of you were going to sleep at that time sometimes? My God, half of you. <laughs> it's like amazing. Now we're waking up at 3 o'clock, 3.30. And Prabhupada actually one time, believe it or not, he said that the best time to chant your japa, anybody know? What Prabhupada said? That's right. Who said that? Very good. Prabhupada said the best time to chant your japa, believe it or not, it's in Yamuna's book, Prabhupada told Yamuna, best time to chant your japa, before Mangalarti. So to do that, what time you got to wake up? Two o'clock. <laughs> I know some devotees, they get up at one thirty. I chant all the japa before. So I was thinking, well, if I, because I, I usually wake up at 2.30. You chant a lot of my japa before Mangalarti. But then I thought, well, if you just wake up a half hour earlier, then I could chant all my japa before Mangalarti. So I started doing that after reading Yamuna's book. How many of you have read that book yet? Yamuna's book. It's an incredible book. Highly recommend it. Amazing. She's like a really special devotee. So Prabhupada told her that. So I thought, well... Prabhupada said the best time to chant your job is before Mangalarti. You might as well, you know, go for the best. So I've been doing that for about two years now. The best morning program I ever had. Because then after Mangalarti, you read Bhagavad Gita, you read Srimad Bhagavatam, then you go out on book distribution, and by the time you're out on book distribution, you're on fire. <laughs> you're ready to go. So that's just a, Prabhupada gives many hints on how to advance in Krishna consciousness. And Prabhupada's given another hint here. You want to hear another one? Amazing, huh? Of course. Of course. I was listening to a lecture, Prabhupada, but he was speaking very strongly. He said, he said, in the kirtan, you should dance, dance, dance. And if you dance, 
you'll become a light. Your material existence will be lifted and you'll develop your love for God. And when I heard Prabhupada say that, all right, I'm, I'm gonna be, I'm a dancer now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I usually dance a little bit, but after I heard Prabhupada say that, I'm like a, I'm a, I'm a big dancer now. <laughs> Prabhupada's given another hint. Just like when Prabhupada was was here in, in, in India, he would he would go to Vrindavan. And at that time we had the Gurukul in Vrindavan and all the Gurukulis would come and they would dance before Prabhupada for the pleasure of Prabhupada and the deities and Prabhupada liked it so much. So we're dancing for the pleasure of Krishna. Yeah. Yeah. Throughout the world they have these things called the discotheques, right? Where they're dancing for their own sense gratification, right? But when they're doing that, the soul is crying. But when we dance for Krishna, the soul is also jumping with joy. Very pleasing for the soul. So Prabhupada gives so many hints in his books and in his lectures. So we should try to catch those hints and, and, and grab onto them and, and follow these instructions that Prabhupada gives us. So, uh, also Krishna says in the in the Bhagavad Gita, Naha Yagya, Naha Yagya, Naha Yagya Prajapati. He says the Lord of all creation sent forth generations of men and demigods, along with sacrifices for Vishnu, and blessed them, saying, "Be thou happy." by this yagya, because its performance will bestow upon you everything desirable for living happily and, what else? Attaining liberation. So by sacrifice, we can be happy. And we get liberation by this sacrifice. You know, so sacrifice, yeah, means to, to undergo some inconvenience for a higher cause. But this inconvenience for a higher cause, for Krishna, brings spiritual happiness. And therefore, Rishabhde says, Nayang deho deha bhajam naloke, kastam kaman arhate vidbhujangye, tapo divyang putagya yena satong sudyajyasmad brahmasokyam tvarantam. He says, a person who have accepted material bodies, persons who have accepted the human form of life, they shouldn't waste their time in engaging in material activities like the animals. But they should engage in spiritual activities by which they become purified and attain Brahmasokyam, real happiness. So again and again, this is there in, in, in the teachings of Krishna and in Prabhupada's purports that yajna, sacrifice, brings about happiness. But Srila Prabhupada also said, for one who is desiring a comfortable life in Krishna consciousness, advancement will be very slow. So if you want to live a comfortable life, yeah, you can, it's possible, you can live a comfortable life in Krishna consciousness. You know, just just get by with enough, you know, to so the temple present allows you to stay in the temple. You know. You get food, you get you know, some shelter and just just do as much as you possibly can without being kicked out. You could, you know, kinda of live a comfortable life. You don't have to go out and work eight hours a day under some jerk boss, you know. 
So, yeah, you can live a kind of a comfortable life. But you don't get what we're searching for. Liberation and happiness. And this is the real liberation we're looking for is Krishna consciousness. And therefore I'll tell you uh, a hint that Krishna gives to us. Krishna gives us many hints also on how we could advance. And I found this this verse in the Srimad Bhagavatam, which has become my one of my favorite verses. Krishna, he was when he met uh, uh, Sudama, the garland maker in Mathura. You know, he met many people there on his way to Mathura. And this one garland maker, he was such a great devotee that Krishna, he said, I'll give any benediction you want. Anything you want, I'll give to you. Krishna was so pleased with him. Imagine if Krishna said that to us. What would we say? What would you say? A computer version of something. You don't know. Huh? A computer? <laughs> <laughs> he, he'd say you want to serve Krishna wherever, in any situation. Okay, that's a nice example. He said, Sopi Vravre Chalam Bhakti, Tazmani Bhakti Lamani, Tad Bhakti Shusasodam, Bhute Sucha Dayam Param. He asked for three things. The first thing he asked for is, is amazing. He asked Krishna for devotion. Now, we must understand that he must have already had so much devotion because Krishna was so pleased with him. He said, I'll give you whatever you want. I mean, when Krishna says that to someone, he's got faith that this person not just going to ask for some, you know, computer or something. <laughs> he's going to ask for something you know, tangible, spiritual. So, he asked for devotion. Another interesting thing here is that this means that you can achieve an unlimited amount of devotion because he already had so much devotion. He wanted more. He wanted more devotion. So this is something that we should very strongly pray for. Yeah. Devotion. And if we have a lot of devotion, then we'll want to do a lot for Krishna. Right? And especially we'll want to distribute a lot of books for Krishna, which is most pleasing to Krishna. So we should pray for that. Also pray for devotion. Actually, our whole movement is based on prayer. We're praying, you know. As soon as we wake up, we're praying. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare Ram, Hare Ram, Ram Ram, Hare Hare. So it's all about prayer. Then we go to Mangalarti. Please come in. Is there some seats? Some seat with this lady, elderly lady here, please? Two seats here. Two of you young boys, give them some seats here. Maharaj is here. Here, yeah. Right there, there you go. Right here, Madhijis, yeah. So, also we're, we're making offerings. 
we're praying, you know, we, we, then we go to Mangalarti and we're praying to the spiritual master, right? We're praying to, to Krishna, we're praying to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu. Oh, I was afraid this room was going to be too small. <laughs> All right, everybody come forward. Everybody come forward. And then there's going to be more room behind these people here. Please come forward. It's a good sign. It's a good problem to have, you know, not enough space. <laughs> okay, chairs go back. Everybody in a chair goes back. But don't, don't, don't hit the knees of the people behind you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. That, maybe we could split it up a little bit. The men can come over here more, as much as you can. This is our Hare Krishna program here. <laughs> so it's all about prayer. We wake up, we chant Hare Krishna, we. We pray to the spiritual master, we pray to Lord Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, we pray to Krishna, we pray to the spiritual master again. We pray to Tulsi Devi. So much prayer. And one devotee, he was given a nice Sankirtan class. He said, if you want to do very nicely on book distribution, pray to the deities at Mangalarti for this uh, ability to distribute books. Because it's not easy, isn't it? It's not an easy service to distribute books. But if we pray to Krishna... By the way, there's a phone that's going around here. If you add your email, for those of you who just come, add your email on that phone and I'll add you to my book distribution seminar where I send out these uh, really nice stories from around the world. It's going around to everybody. Don't keep it to yourself. Keep passing it around. <laughs> and hopefully it goes... Who owns it anyway? Okay, he's the owner. So when, it, <laughs> when you're finished, give it to him. So... So we're doing a lot of praying. Pray to the deities at Mangalarti. Pray to Prabhupada, Guru Puja. Please, Prabhupada, I know you like this service so much of book distribution. Please bless me with this ability to distribute books. Pray to the Sankirtan devotees also. The Sankirtan devotees have shakti. Yeah? <laughs> Pray to the Sankirtan devotees. <laughs> so many wonderful Sankirtan I'll tell you an amazing story. This, there's a Russian devotee who was a very, very big book distributor in Russia. And he was just one of the most wonderful devotees. He was just expert at everything. And somehow, he passed away, unfortunately, in the Yamuna, in Rindavan a couple of years ago. What was his name? Radhika Raman. Radhika Raman. Amazing devotee. Huh? He drowned in the Yamuna. But he, uh, he was such an amazing devotee. To this day, devotees still pray to him. And when they do, they find they do huge on book distribution. <laughs> so you can even pray to book distributors that have passed away, you know, passed on. They might be in the spiritual world. You know, he, he, he probably is. He left his body in Vrindavan. He was an amazing book distributor, right? He probably went back home. So you can pray to even Sankirtan devotees that have gone back home. <laughs> so, so much prayer. And when you're on book distribution also, we pray. Krishna, please. Nimitamatram Bhavasavyasachan, please help me to be an instrument in your hands. And also we should pray, please, Krishna, don't let me be an impediment to your mercy flowing. That can happen also. We you know sometimes we get affected by the modes of nature 
you know, you become attached to the results or you, you, you see some some object of sense gratification on sense grat you know, on, on book distribution and we become bewildered and you know lose our proper, proper consciousness. I remember there was one devotee in, in Europe, he was he was you know, he had lost the proper consciousness and he was a little bit in, under the modes of nature and then he approached one person and he showed him the book and explained it to him some and and the person said, you know, I'm really into this, but I'm not going to get this book from you. And he walked away. So the devotee just felt so bad because he knew, because he wasn't in proper consciousness. So he was an impediment to that person getting a book because of this you know, under the mode in material consciousness. So we can pray like that also. Please, Krishna, allow me to not be an impediment to your mercy flowing to people that are searching for this knowledge. Imagine how how he must have felt so bad. You know? So that must have also given some impetus for him to pray to Krishna to be more sincere. Yeah. So pray to be an instrument in the hands of Krishna. Pray to have some compassion for the fallen souls. You know, people are suffering out there. You know. And this is another reason that Krishna wants this knowledge to be distributed. People are suffering. And people are short-lived, unlucky, misguided, always disturbed, and unlucky. So the people are suffering. Yeah. And what's the main disease now in the world? Anybody know? The stress. Stress. Mental agony, suffering. So we have the cure for all problems. And what are the main problems in the world? Very good, yes. Birth, death, old age, and disease. These are the major problems. And besides that, so many other problems. Right? It's a world of problems. So Krishna comes to solve the problems. Yeah. And that's what these, these the Bhagavad Gita, it's an instruction guide for the human form of life. How to become free of all problems. Yeah. So, therefore we should be very dedicated to distributing this knowledge. Yeah. Very valuable knowledge. Yeah. Krishna says there is nothing so sublime and pure as transcendental knowledge. And when one has become accomplished in the practice of devotional service, he experiences and enjoys this knowledge within. There's nothing so sublime and pure as this knowledge. It's the most valuable thing. Yeah. Nothing comes close to it. Even these small books. Yeah. These small books are so valuable. Because in these small books, there's also so much wisdom. Prabhupada said they could read one line and it'll change their life. Just one line can change their life. And I'll tell you an interesting story about this. There was one young man who got a BTG. This was in Los Angeles. And he took it home and he was reading it. And he's the son of a big Baptist minister. So his mother and his father were very staunch you know, Christians. 
So the mother saw this back to God and she said, what is this? So she looked through it you know, a little bit and said, you can't read this. He took it away and he never saw it again. But he was able to read like you know, a paragraph or so. And he found it interesting. So the next time he saw a devotee, he got another book. Rajavidya, King of Knowledge. But he didn't let his parents see this one. <laughs> he, he hid it from them. And he was reading it. And from reading that, uh, Rajavidya, King of Knowledge, he wanted to get more books. And eventually he became a devotee. And his father found out that he had become a devotee. He said, my son, how is it that you who have grown up in Christianity, you were a good Christian boy, that you've given up Christianity and now you've become a hearty Christian? So his son said to him, Father, for the first time in my life, now I'm feeling some love for God. Imagine saying that to your Baptist father. <laughs> but the father, he, was, uh, he had some integrity. He said, then I hope you, you, you have all success in developing your love for God. And I, I encourage you 100%. Yeah. Some integrity there, huh? Yeah. Baptist minister. So he became a big preacher also. <laughs> he made a lot of devotees, this devotee. You know, it was in the blood, you know, the, the preaching, you know, so he became a very successful preacher for Krishna. But he just read that one paragraph. And that was, uh, that was enough to, to attract him to Krishna, enough to become a devotee. Another uh, interesting uh, story happened with, uh, in New York City, back in the 70s, early 70s, they used to distribute a lot of these uh, little pamphlets. You know, uh, Transcendental Teachings of Pallad Maharaj, you know, about 18 pages. Not very much. So one uh, student got this Transcendental Teachings of, of, of Pallad Maharaj. He took it home and he was reading it. And Prabhupada so powerful. He was saying in this little pamphlet that, that the human form of life is not meant for just eating, sleeping, mating, and defending. And Prabhupada was speaking about this. You know, so he was you know, speaking so strongly against sense gratification. Now this is the back in the early 70s when sense gratification was just like, you know, the religion of the age. You know, everybody just absorbed in material sense gratification. You know, sex and drugs and rock and roll. And, but Prabhupada was so powerful that it shocked this person. So he just, he was, he was so shocked that he found out the address uh, of the nearest temple or where he can get more books. So he, uh, he wrote to Los Angeles and he got more books. And he got more books. And uh, he got to the fifth canto but he knew it had been printed, but they didn't have it in Los Angeles. And he knew in New York City there was book distributors. So he went to one book distributor and he said, you know, I'm looking for the fifth canto, part one. I've heard it's in print, but they don't have it in Los Angeles. Do you have it here? And she said, no, but I think we have it at the temple. 
He said, no, you're not going to get me to go to the temple. You see, he had faith in the, in the books, but he thought the devotees were a little unusual. Didn't want to get too close to him, you know. So she said, all right, anyway, you can give a donation. He said, I don't have any money on me. I don't have my checkbook with me. I don't have anything. She said, that's okay. We can go to your flat. We can go to your apartment. He's thinking, oh, God. All right, all right. Yeah. And they go to the apartment. He's on a high riser. So he said, you wait here. I'll be down in a second. So he comes down with his checkbook. And he says, I'm only going to give you $2,000. She said, no, you have to give $5,000. <laughs> okay, all right, all right. Now, this is the early 70s. $5,000 back then. It's like $25,000 now. But he gave it. <laughs> and then he saw some other devotees later. Actually, no, he saw the same lady, Daivi Shakti. Any of you know Daivi Shakti? Daivi Shakti is one of the most powerful book distributors. He's still distributing books. I'll get another story about her later. She's in Vrindavan right now, distributing books. Yeah. Yeah. So, he sees Daivi Shakti again and she says, Hey, you know, Prabhupada's coming. He's coming to New York next week. And then this devotee thought, I mean, this person thought, Oh my God, the author is coming to New York City. But he's going to the temple. <laughs> I got to see this author. Because he was just completely, he was completely convinced of Krishna consciousness by this, by Prabhupada. So, he thought, I got to go to the temple. So he went there. And he found out where Prabhupada's going to sit in the lecture, where he's going to, because he'd never been to a temple before. So he wanted to be right in front of Prabhupada speaking, just to get a clear view of this, of this powerful personality. So he was sitting in the front, like you're sitting here, Prabhupada speaking. And Prabhupada gave us such a powerful lecture. He was just amazed. He just, he completely fell in love with Prabhupada. He already had that affection for Prabhupada, but when he was right there, hearing Prabhupada speak, after Prabhupada spoke, he thought to himself, I'm a Hare Krishna. I'm a Hare Krishna. So he became a devotee. And that's Devamrita Swami. That's how he joined. So he had this little pamphlet. 18 pages. That's how he became a devotee. So these books are very, very, very powerful. Brigapati, please, come over here. These books are extremely powerful. Don't underestimate you know, how powerful these are. Prabhupada said that if they, just, if they just touch a book, they benefit. Even one time he said if they just see a Sankirtan devotee, they benefit. So just to go out there and they, and they see you, according to Prabhupada, they benefit. Why? Because you're doing the service. You're doing this important service of Krishna. And therefore, Krishna says here, Brahma Pranam Brahma Vir Brahma Gna Brahmana Hutam. 
that one who is fully engaged in Krishna consciousness is sure to attain the spiritual kingdom because of his full contribution to spiritual activities in which the consummation is absolute and that which is offered is of the same spiritual nature. So in our Hare Krishna movement, our main activity is giving. We live to give. That's our life. We live to give. And the most important thing we're giving is knowledge. The most valuable knowledge on the planet we're giving. And Srila Prabhupada said that we should try to live a long life so that we can give more and more to the people. And also, he said, because we need a lot of purification. <laughs> so we should try to live long lives. Now, to live a long life, you have to be healthy. Right? So Prabhupada gives hints on how to be healthy also. He gives hints on so many things. He was, uh, yeah, water, yes. Water is medicine. Prabhupada drank a lot of water. So, also he said we should exercise. He was, he, there were some devotees in the room and he said, what do they call this? And the devotee said, jumping jacks, Prabhupada. Yeah, jumping jacks. You ever heard this before, jumping jacks? Where you jump up and down. Yeah. Prabhupada says this is very good. What, what do they, they call that in Australia also? Star jumps. Now there's another name for it. What do they call them in Hindi? Do they do this in India? They do that in India? What do they call it? Kirtan. <laughs> what do they call it in Hindi? There's no name. <laughs> it's too mundane. <laughs> so Prabhupada said, jumping jacks is very good. And another devotee came to me and said, Prabhupada, sometimes my mind is agitated, I'm passionate. He said, what should I do? Prabhupada got down and he started doing push-ups. <laughs> this is what you do. You do push-ups. <laughs> Wear off that energy, you know. Everybody know what push-ups are? You go on there and you do push-ups. So that's another hint, how to be healthy. So as soon as I heard Prabhupada said that, now every morning, every other morning, I do 20 push-ups and I do 20 jumping jacks. Yeah. <laughs> so that's good. And what, what did Prabhupada say? Kept him alive? Morning walks. Morning walks. So every, morning, every other morning I go on a morning walk. It's, called a, it's a power walk where you do a fast walk. It gets the heart going. It's very good. Morning walk is very good. And before you even have breakfast, it's very good. What else did he say that kept him alive? Massage. Massage also. Now that's our problem, but we don't need that now. When you get old, maybe. <laughs> Keeps the airs flowing. Prabhupada was elderly, so that, that was very good just to keep the air flowing. We don't have to worry about that now. The air is flowing nicely. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, do calisthenics, you know, exercise, yoga. Because I've seen so many Sankirtan devotees. Now I've been distributing books for 39 years, and I've seen a lot of Sankirtan devotees uh, get their backs wrecked. Yeah, because they're carrying you know, books too much and, and uh, just not taking care of their body. You have to eat the right things too. You know, if we eat things that are, that are not healthy for us, then that can also be detrimental to our... Uh, you know, we shouldn't eat, eat too much rich prasadam yeah, because that can uh, affect our health, you know, as we've seen. So we should try to live 
a healthy life so that we can live a long life and distribute a lot of books. I remember I was speaking to one devotee uh, not long ago. I was thinking, you know, book distribution is so nice that we should just, we should just go right into our 70s distributing books. And the devotee said, 70s? Why 70s? Let's go right into our 80s, 90s distributing books. And that person was Rupa Raghunath right here. <laughs> I don't know if you're Rupa Raghunath. He's like, he's a real staunch book distributor. I, I told him, I told one devotee the other, not long ago. I said, Rupa, Rupa Raghunath is so fired up. Even if he loses all, loses both his legs, loses an arm, with the other arm, he'll be, excuse me, sir, we got a nice book here for you. <laughs> He'll be distributing books to his last minute, I guarantee you. <laughs> One of his ancestors was a Christian preacher around the city. Oh, really? One of his ancestors was a Christian, Christian preacher traveling, so the blood is there, it's in the family, you know. <laughs> so he travels all around Australia also, distributing. Oh, you used to ride a horse, now you're riding cars. <laughs> oh, he used to. He used to ride around the country on a horse preaching Christianity. So it was it your uncle, was it? Great great grandfather. Wow. See? It's in the blood, you know, preaching. <laughs> so yeah, it should be there. It should be there. This this desire, just like Prabhupada, he inherited the the movement of Srila Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur. Right? And when Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur was here preaching, there were 64 temples in India. We had the biggest, most powerful spiritual movement in India, the Gaudiya Math. It was big. Yeah. And then, of course, unfortunately, after he left, it, it kind of fell apart. Yeah. But Prabhupada inherited this mission of spreading Krishna consciousness. So, and he tried. He tried to spread Krishna consciousness in India, but he was just running after, you know, running to failure after failure. Even he, he got this this injunction, he got this property, where he was going to have the League of Devotees, and it was looking so positive. You know, he had he had buildings and and he was going around preaching, and people were coming, and it was it was looking very very good, and he had he had high hopes for for the League of Devotees. But then what happened? The governor's wife wanted it to be a, a woman's club. There was nothing he could do. He had to give it up. And he was a little, a little despondent. But he, 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 he once said, I'm not a man to be easily discouraged. <laughs> so I'm sure he said that a few times. <laughs> so he said that then also. So he just took it, he, he took it as a positive way. I mean, that was a big re reversal. But he took it in a positive way. So he thought, all right, I'm out of here now. I'm going to the West. Now, what if he had not had that reversal? That this lady had not decided to turn that into a woman's club. And he stayed there in Jiangxi. We may not be here now. We may not be here. He may not have gone to the West. He might have just kept spreading Krishna consciousness in India. So it was a positive thing. So sometimes 
negative things happen to us, like really negative things. But we should stop and think, well, wait a second. This could be a positive thing. Because we have our plan. Prabhupada's plan was to you know, start a center there and, 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 and go from there. But Krishna had another plan. So we have our plans, and Krishna has his plans. And Krishna's plans are always better. <laughs> so we have to try to see Krishna's plan. Yeah. Always try to see Krishna's plan. So, continue with this uh, nice purport here. The more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness, or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption. Now here Prabhupada's mentioning this, how Prabhupada, remember he said that you just, if they just see a Sangatan devotee, they benefit. Why? Because when you distribute books, we change the atmosphere. Just like you, you probably heard, that when we chant Hare Krishna, the mantra circumambulates the planet. Yeah. Purifies the atmosphere. Chanting Hare Krishna purifies the atmosphere. And book distribution also. When we go out on book distribution, those places where we're distributing books, those are sacrificial arenas. Yeah, just like in America, we, do, we distribute so many books at universities. So those have become sacrificial arenas. So much sacrifice has been performed there. And in India here, the uh, devotees have told me that they, the one way that they distribute books is they... They stop at a speed bump, and the people have to slow down. So when they slow down, then they offer them Prabhupada's books. Yeah. Uh, what's that? I can't remember his name. What's the Marusundara? Is he here? Is he here? He's distributing. Oh, okay. So that's how he told me he distributes. And his team also. They uh, find these speed bumps in the highway, they slow down, and then they offer the books to him. And he does huge. He's the number one book distributor in India. And usually he's the number one in the world, but this year there was one devotee from Brazil. He's number one in the world. But usually he's number one. And that's one of the ways, that's one of the main ways he distributes. Amazing, huh? In America, one of the ways we used to distribute, Brigo Party myself, and some of the, is we used to distribute at streetlights. Remember that, Brigo? Streetlights. They would stop at streetlights. They probably do it in India also, yeah? yeah? They do that here, still, yeah. So that's one way that, Australia also? Yeah, streetlights. Not so much anymore though, probably. But yeah, I think that's pretty much around the world. That was, <laughs> and that's a new one, the speed bumps. You don't get much time, but if you're if you're praying to Krishna, yeah, it's amazing how how many books can go out. Prabhupada says in one purport, he says, as one engages in Krishna consciousness, one enters into the mysterious region of transcendence. And I've done quite a few services in, in this gun. Of course, my main service is book distribution. But nowhere have I felt that as I have in book distribution. I mean, you really feel the presence of Krishna. And even, uh, even it's stated, Naham Dastami Vaikunte, Yoginam Hridiyesuva, Tattatastami Narada, Yatra Gayanti Madhva. 
Lord Vishnu, he says, I'm not in the hearts of the yogis. I'm not in Vaikuntha. And wherever my devotees are spreading my glories. So when we go on book distribution, Krishna's there. Krishna's there. Yeah. And this is why we feel, you know, I'm sure you've all felt this, this, uh, this transcendence, this region of transcendence as you're distributing books. So many amazing things. I mean, I've, I've had so many instances where I'm, I'm talking to someone and, and they say, you know, I, I generally don't go this way. And even as I was walking this way, I was thinking, why am I going this way? I don't go this way. But now you're showing me this book. So now I can understand this is why I went this way. Yeah. Even they could understand something mystical is happening. Or sometimes people are coming this way you know, and, you, and you give them a book and have a nice exchange and then they go back the same way. <laughs> Generally when they're coming this way they go that way. Right? But people suddenly just come this way and they go that way. <laughs> Can't figure it out. So, yeah. so it, it, it's, uh, it's such a nice activity, book distribution. Prabhupada one time he said, that if you go out on book distribution one day you're going to go out and you're going to meet Krishna and you're going to shake his hands and he's going to say thank you very much Prabhupada said that yeah. it's like Lord Brahma he shook whoa what's happening oh oh someone's calling oh okay <laughs> so yeah this is a way to experience this mystical activity. I'll tell you, there was, there was a nice story that happened. Uh-oh, calling again. But is that the one that was recording the lecture? They're both recording. Oh, they're both recording, all right. So, there was an interesting thing that happened. There was uh, one devotee, he was distributing books. And he approached these four guys. This is in, uh, in London. And three of them returned the books and one of them kept the book, Isopanisar. So he said, yeah, I'll give you a donation for it. So he's looking through his wallet, there was no money there, but, but this devotee, he saw there was a piece of paper. And on that piece of paper was written, Isopanisar. So the devotee said to this person, why do you have that piece of paper there? He said, oh, it's one person who wrote this down, I should get this book. He said, look at the name on that, on that piece of paper and look at the book you have that I just gave to you. And he looked at it and he said, Isopanishad. that's amazing. You have the book that, that I was suggested to find. And the devotee said, where do you get this piece of paper? He said, well, I was in Amsterdam with these friends of mine about a week ago and I saw one monk there and I went over and I was talking to this monk and this monk said if you, if you ever find this book Ishopanishad you should read it it's a good book and this person said can you write that down for me he said yeah so he wrote it down a week later he saw this devotee yeah. and he was amazed so he gave him you know, enthusiastically he gave a donation 
So it's uh, it's very mystical. Shlish is so mystical, and it's the way people get books is also amazing. I was just uh, reminded of one devotee. He was distributing books in the Los Angeles airport, and he was struggling, as some of us do sometimes on book distribution. So one person came to him. He said, "You know." Uh, I'm a salesman. Can I try that a little bit? Can I try to sell your book? And the devotee thought, what? Yeah, yeah, I'm a salesman. Let me, let me show you how to do it. But the condition is, if I get a donation, I keep the donation. He said, all right. Let this guy try. You know, he thinks he's going to sell the Bhagavad Gita. Yeah. <laughs> so this man, he approached the first person. And he told him, yeah, it's on, uh, you know, spirituality, you know, yoga, you know, some philosophy in there, you know. Nice book, you'll like it. And the guy said, all right, yeah, I'll take it. And you just asked for donations, right? He said, yeah. The guy gave him a hundred dollars. <laughs> gave him a hundred dollars for the Bhagavad Gita. And then he told the, the devotee, all right, hey. Say, I told you, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a good salesman. See you later. So he walked away with $100. And the other guy walked away with the Bhagavad Gita. And then the devotee put, two, put the two together. They were friends. It was a con. <laughs> he was conned. <laughs> they were con artists. <laughs> but actually, Krishna tricked both of them. <laughs> Because they walked away with the Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> Otherwise, they probably wouldn't have gotten the Bhagavad Gita. Because they're pretty sharp businessmen. They were you know, pretty cunning guys also. <laughs> so that's probably, that's one of the most amazing ways we've ever seen someone get one of Prabhupada's books. You know? <laughs> they thought they were calling him, but Krishna tricked them. And even this devotee said, I know you guys were together. But the, the joke is on you two, because now you got the Bhagavad Gita. I hope you read it and you get something out of it. <laughs> I don't know if they read it or not, but at least they got it. <laughs> so, so finishing up with this... Uh, they were just doing it for fun. Yeah. They just Let's pull a joke on this guy. But the joke was on them. Because they got the absolute truth. Yeah. Just mundane con artists. But they walked away with Krishna. <laughs> Otherwise, I can imagine one of those guys giving a donation and taking a book. Right? Interesting. So, continuing with this uh, nice uh, purport here. The Lord is spiritual. Oh no, here we go. The more the activities of the material world are performed in Krishna consciousness or for Vishnu only, the more the atmosphere becomes spiritualized by complete absorption. The word Brahma means spiritual. The Lord is spiritual and the rays of his transcendental body are called Brahma Jyoti, his spiritual effulgence. Everything that exists is situated in that Brahma Jyoti. But when the Jyoti is covered by illusion, maya, or sense gratification, it is called material. This material veil can be removed at once by Krishna consciousness. Thus the offering for the sake of Krishna consciousness, the con consuming agent of such an offering, who is the consuming agent? 
No. <laughs> Who's the consuming agent? We're doing an offering. Who is the offering to? Krishna. He's the consuming agent. The contributor? Who's the contributor? Yes. And the result are all combined together? Brahman, or the Absolute Truth. The Absolute Truth covered by Maya is called matter. Matter dovetailed for the cause of the Absolute Truth regains its spiritual quality. Krishna consciousness is the process of converting the illusory consciousness into Brahman or the Supreme. So what we're doing when we're distributing is it's an offering. Just like today, so many offerings are going to be made to the deities. Nice boga offerings for their pleasure. Right? And there's kirtaniyas. Right now we're having the kirtan mela. It's an offering to Krishna. There's so many offerings that are being made to Krishna. So book distribution is another offering to Krishna. And according to Krishna, it's his most favored offering. Because yeah. there's a statement in the Srimad Bhagavatam that, uh, let's see if I can, oh, I, I can remember the English, that the, uh, there's so many types of services that are that are done that are offered to Krishna but devotees of the Lord it's very common for them to accept voluntary austerity to relieve the suffering of the people in general so this is a very important verse it's very common for devotees of the Lord to accept voluntary austerity or sacrifice to relieve the suffering of the people in general. And Vishnu says here, and this is the highest method of worship. There's no higher offering than to help relieve the suffering of the people in general. So it's very important. So it's an offering. So before you, you distribute books, this is what I've been doing lately, and it's actually, it really creates a nice, nice consciousness. Before you start book distribution, you pray to Krishna, please Krishna, accept this book distribution as an offering to you. It's a nice mentality. Yeah. Because this is what it is. It's an offering. We're doing it for Krishna. Right? And that, may, that, that solidifies that, that mentality that we should have. Because sometimes we go out and it, you know, we, we, you know, there's some fruit or result. Maybe I'll get some name, some fame from distributing but actually, if we, it, it should be known to ourselves that it's an offering to Krishna. Yeah. So on that note, is there any uh, questions or comments? Corrections or donations? No. <laughs> yes. What you can do is, is in the beginning, like when you're first starting out, 
You get a mantra. Have one of the Hindi devotees here write something out, and they can read it. The people whom you're distributing to, you show them this. I mean, they, they like to talk to Westerners, so there's no problem there stopping them, right? So you just give them, you have a mantra card, and you hand it, here you go, and they read it, and then they know what you're doing. Yeah. And, but as you're doing that, also you could try to pick up some Hindi. So next time you come, you, could, you, know, you have a little Hindi under you, so you could actually speak to them. There was one lady in, uh, in, in Europe, she, she, was, she thought she was taking some Charnamrita, but it was actually acid. It was acid. And she, she hurt her, her mouth really bad. She couldn't speak. I don't know how she made that mistake. There was just maybe just a bowl there. It looked like a Charnamrita bowl or something. And she just somehow thought it was Charnamrita. So she took it, burnt her mouth real bad. So she went out on book distribution. She was just, she was like Rupa Raghunath, you know. I'm going out. I don't care if I can't speak. She couldn't speak, but she had a mantra card. And she did huge. You can do really good with a mantra card. Yeah. She explained the whole thing. I hurt my mouth. You know, I burned my mouth. I can't speak. So. so where there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> in, in, in Russia, there was a devotee. He had, he had no arms. But he would go out on book distribution. And he was huge. Right? What was his name? Uh, yeah, no arms. So he had a backpack. And he would speak to the people. And he would say, you know, I got these nice books back here. I can't hand them to you because I don't have any arms. Why don't you take one out, check it out. And if you like, if you can give a donation, just put it in the pouch back there in the back of the, in the bag. And he was huge. I mean, you'd think that would be a good excuse to not distribute books, you know. Come on, but I don't have any arms, you know? <laughs> Many people would use that as a very good excuse, you know? <laughs> But not him. <laughs> For many years, also, he was huge. And there's another devotee there, he was blind. And he would go out, right? In Russia. Blind devotee, he would go out on book distribution. He would do huge. So where there's a will, there's a way. Now we all have eyes, we have arms, and we have legs, we can, we can approach people, we can speak, so no excuse. Right? <laughs> I have a question. A lot of times I'm doing book distribution and then somebody doesn't want to give a donation. Or in India, there's a fixed price. And they'll say, okay, I'll buy the book from you, but I'll only take it for 100 rupees when the book is 170 rupees. And Sometimes my in charge says, okay, look, you have to sell the Bhagavad Gita at 170 rupees, and you, you can't, even though I'm rich, I can sponsor the book, but they won't do it. So a lot of the times the people, they'll say, I'll buy this book, but only for 100 rupees. Sometimes I have to make the decision to give it for a cheaper price, and my in charge gets mad at me. Or so, so what I'm trying to tell you is, how can I get the person to give the donation? First, you have to, you have to set the price. If he decides that he wants the book, all right, it costs 170 to print. If you get more than that, then it'll go to the temple. Throw that in there. Because most people are, are religious here in India. So tell them like that. Give the set price. And if you want to give more than that, then you can give more for the, for the temple. And then they'll, they'll at least give you the 170. And they'll probably even give you more because, you know, Hindus are pious. They like to give donations. So try that. 
that's how I distribute. Give the set price, and then if you want to give more, of course we don't say the temple in the West. You could give it to me. I'm a monk. You know, we live off donations, and many quite often they give more. Bring a buddy for who? Walked in the room. You were talking about how uh, <coughs> books make devotees, and uh, so that was my experience. I, um, I used to work on a little Swami at a Hatha Yoga Center in Midtown Manhattan, called the Yogi Gupta Center. Actually, Dravida also used to. Work right. 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 Now at this time, he was also a Swami, but he was an he was an impersonalist Swami, right? <laughs> Go ahead now. Go ahead. So uh, it was a Friday, and I was finished. Through my service, <coughs> and I was uh, getting ready to go on to, to in the subway in Lexington and uh, Lexington and uh, 59th Street. And just before I was going down, a devotee approached me. He was dressed in, uh, you know, robes, saffron robes, and he handed me a teachings of Lord Chaitanya, and he did his spiel and asked for a donation. I gave him a donation. I'm going to make this give you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, basically, I, I read. Well, here, let me read it. I'll read it on the microphone here. So here's another example. Brigupati Prabhu, he's been distributing books for 44 years. <laughs> And he became inspired from reading this first paragraph or so. So this, it's interesting for us to hear this. You know, here, here's a, a, a big devotee, and he became a devotee from, you know, inspired from this. Srila Rupa Goswami, now he doesn't, at this point, he doesn't know who Rupa Goswami is. They have no, <laughs> not a clue. The younger brother of Sanatana Goswami, who's that? Went to Prayag, where's that? <laughs> the modern city of Allahabad, where? <laughs> With his younger brother, Vallabha. <laughs> when the two brothers heard that Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu <laughs> was staying there, they both became very happy and went to see the Lord. At that time, the Lord was on his way to visit the temple Bindu Madhavada. Bindu Madhava. On the way to the temple, the Lord was chanting and dancing, and thousands of people were following him. Some of these people were crying, and some were laughing, some were dancing, and some were singing, and some were falling on the ground, offering obeisances to the Lord. In all cases, all of them were roaring the holy name of Krishna. Something like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Probably louder. <laughs> there was more devotees there. <laughs> it is said that in spite of being at the confluence of the river Ganges and Jamuna, Prayag was never flooded until the appearance of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, at which time the city was over flooded by love of Krishna. So that was inspiring. I'm looking for a better experience. It doesn't sound 
can't possibly get much better than that. <laughs> Just scroll down. There's that verse I showed you. And that, 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 that verse when I read that. The, the, not the next paragraph, but the one after the next paragraph? The third paragraph. Okay. Now, this is, this is a, another real nice one here. Some more nectar coming out. The Lord accepted the two brothers as his own devotees. And he cited one verse from the scriptures which stated that it is possible for a brahmana who has studied the four Vedas to not be accepted as a devotee of the Lord and that a pure devotee could come from a very low family and yet be accepted by him. Then the Lord embraced the two brothers and, out of his causeless mercy, touched their heads to his lotus feet. Being blessed in this way, wow, what mercy, huh? Being blessed in this way, the brothers offered prayers to the Lord in their own words. The prayers indicated that Lord Sri Krishna, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, was Krishna himself and that he had assured, that he had assumed the form and fair complexion of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and was thus known as Goranga, the Golden One, and that he was the most munificent incarnation of Krishna because he was distributing love of Krishna. Srila Rupa Goswami also quoted one verse which was later found in the book Govinda Lilamrita. And this is it. This is amazing. He showed this to me a couple days ago. Let me surrender unto the lotus feet of Sri Krishna Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, who was the most merciful personality of Godhead. He delivers those souls who are merged in ignorance and offers them the highest gift of love of Krishna and thus makes them mad for Krishna consciousness. Wow. So That's I read that book from the moment he gave it to me. I read it until I finished it. I read it standing up in the subway car. I read it as I was walking from the subway to the apartment I was staying in my parents' place. Wow. And I read it until about 3, 4 in the morning. And I remember even as I was reading it, I was thinking to myself, you know, I don't even, understand. I don't even know if I understand what I'm reading, but I love this. <laughs> the next day I decided, I kept talking about the Srimad Bhagavatam. So I said, okay, i got to get a Srimad Bhagavatam and see what that's all about. So I looked at the book, but there was no address or anything like that. You know, there was, oh, yeah, there was an address in Brooklyn. But back in those days, there was no, uh, you know, MapQuest or Google Maps or anything like that. So I, it was Friday. The next day was Saturday. I had no idea where the place was. I went to the library. They couldn't help me. You know, nothing, everything was, nothing else was open. So I just went back to the same place, and I met a different devotee. And I, that was, I, was, I was coming up out of the subway, and he was coming down. And he handed me a long stem rose, and he asked for a donation. And I said, yeah, sure, I can give you a donation for that. I, gave him, I said, well, what I'm really interested in, do you have any of those Srimad Bhagavatams? And he practically fell over backwards. <laughs> this is 1973, the Rishabh Srimad Bhagavatams. So he gave me one, and I said, well, no. I said, how many can you give me for $30? Because that was all the money I had at the time. And he said, well, I could give you that. I first came apart one, two, and three. I'll give you that. So he did. And then he... That's amazing that he was out there with three three volumes of the Srimad Bhagavatam. I mean, that's like... Does anybody out here go out with the first, second, and third canto? The <laughs> first came apart one, two, and three. Yeah. So then he, he talked me a bit, and he said, understand what, maybe this guy's a bit more just accustomed to my books, you know? So he said, look, can I ask you a favor? Can I just give you the first canon one of these books and you come to the temple the next day? You come to the Sunday feast, which is the next day, and I'll give you the other two then. So I thought, oh, okay. <laughs> right. I mean, these guys 
guys got to at least be honest if they're talking about love and love and So I took the first can of bar one. And, and you gave the $30? Yeah, I gave both $30. I didn't ask for any money back. And I just went, turned right around, went right back to the box yeah. in the subway, read that book, and I, I thought, what the mm-hmm. here is the same. This is as good as the other one, you know. And then the next day, I showed up in the temple and uh, for the Sunday of Easter. And uh, long story short, I joined. I mean, there's a little bit more to the story, but, you know, I just had a good experience when I was there. Uh, I, Vishnu John Swami was leading the Kirtan. The devotees were just chanting, you know, jumping up and down. And Kirtananda, who was Swami at the time, gave a really good class. And I remember during the class, at one point he was saying, you know, there's so many different religions that claim that they're the one. And he said, if I were to just claim that tonight, I'd be doing you a disservice, because you just, i just add to your confusion. He said, but the Bhagavatam doesn't do that. He says, the Bhagavatam offers a criterion by which you can judge for yourself, you know, whether this is right, you see. And they quoted that verse, Sabaikum Sankaro Dhamma. And he translated, said, that religion is first class, which awakens in its followers unmotivated, ecstatic love for God. And he, when he said that, I, it's just like, it's like somebody turned on the light switch, and I thought to myself, that's it, that's the goal. That's the goal of life, to develop unmotivated, ecstatic love for God. And then the next thought that went through my head was that, man, these people are intelligent enough to help me clearly and clearly understand that. Maybe they can help me, you know, make progress towards achieving that. So at that moment, I decided to become a devotee. I came out to that. And then the next thought was, yeah, I'm going to become one of these guys. Jai. Haribo. Any other comments or questions? Yeah. Okay. What's the difference between book distribution and selling books? There is absolutely no difference. The same. <laughs> we may include books by any hope. Any but selling books is very tough. Well, I guess there are there are ways that you can you can there, Sometimes there's books that are sponsored, so they just let them go for free. That's very easy, yeah. Yeah, not easy. You gotta you gotta take their sweet money from them. Their hard earned money is not easy. You gotta convince them that you know, take this book and give some of your money. It's not easy. <laughs> so yeah, I guess there is some if books are sponsored you can distribute, that's book distribution, but yeah, there's a little difference, yeah, actually, yeah. So, anything else? Yes. Women should always go with someone. Women should always go, you shouldn't go alone. Because we've heard things, things happen, unfortunately. But men, it's okay, you can go alone. But that's also sankirtan. Sankirtan, yeah, generally means a gathering. But it also means glorification of Krishna. So book distribution means glorification of Krishna. So in that sense, it's, uh, it's sankirtan, even though one person goes out here and one person goes over there. 
it's saying because it's glorification of Krishna. Rupa Raghunath Prabhu. I can just get a bit of experience of how I first got books and how I became so enthusiastic. So my brother, I got a Gita, and I think it was um, at a show in Australia. The ladies used to put a card in the show bags at the show to get a free copy of Bhagavad Gita. And you got one of these show bags at the show, and they get the card to send away for free Bhagavad Gita. And he gets the book because he's interested in my astral travel. But he, he didn't read the book, so I said, what was that book you know? And he gives it to me and I start reading it. And found it very interesting and um, I couldn't fully understand the last of meaning, but it was really hard to put it down. Then I travel, I was traveling around Australia working out in Perth and um, somehow I made a invitation for the Sunday feast. Oh yeah, the lady gave me a book on the street. A little high text cookbook, and also a meditation for the Sunday feast. And I went, and then devotees were just giving me books at the temple to read. And they said, Take these books and get them out every week. And I started reading these books and probably books, and I found it so hard to put them down. It was like every spare minute of the day I was reading the book, I was back and forth. And I was really quiet up to get them out to where I worked, and they'd feel my work. And uh, I just, yeah, it was just really hard to put the books down, leaving hours and hours a day. And then I drove from Perth to um, New South Wales, Sydney, like many, many days' drive. And the devotees gave me some prashadam to eat on the way. They gave me some bread rolls and a jar of jam. They didn't train me up how to offer the food, so I'm I thought, well, I can't buy anything because I don't know how to offer it, so I'll just have to live on this bread roll for four or five days. And I had one, uh, one tape, and those days it was the tapes of, um, it was Bhagavan, he had a nice uh, music, music um, tape, and I listened to that over and over and over and over again for four or five days, and then I had some backpackers um, travelling with me, and uh, they'd say, have you got anything else to listen to? So they say, okay, put in the rolling stones but after like two minutes, oh, that's terrible, you know. I had to tolerate. I was so fired up, I read the books and then with ladies, I these people to the temples and they went to the When I go back to um, my home in New South Wales, my father's like a, he's like a cattle farm, he breeds cows for slaughter. And I was thinking, I've got to get out of this as quick as possible. I, and I stayed there a few weeks, they organised my 21st birthday. When I had all the books there, and like I was reading them all the time, even at the lunch lunch table, breakfast table, you know, as soon as I finished eating, I'd be like just sitting at the table reading books in front of them, you know. Like totally like wouldn't talk to them, you know, just reading Prabhupada's books. And they, they must have realized that so he's really he's really into Hare Krishna. So when I said to my parents I'm gonna go to Sydney, drive four hours to Sydney and check out what's in Sydney, they knew I was interested in Hare Krishna and my father said he won't be welcome home if you get um, involved with Hare Krishna's. So I said, well that's my choice. And I um, drove that night and went to Sydney and I moved straight into the, straight into the temple. And I rang my parents up a few days later and said, guess what, I'm doing a Hare Krishna's. <laughs> <laughs> this was like two days after my 21st birthday party. <laughs> Mostly because of Prabhupada's books, that was the most convincing yeah. thing that convinced yeah. me to really dedicate my life and join the little 
Prabhupada is still making devotees. He reasons ill, who say that Vaishnavas die while still living in sound, the Vaishnavas die to live and living spread the holy name around. And I'll tell you some amazing stories of how this is true. And this is just things that I've heard about, which are true. Last year I was in Vrindavan. One devotee was distributing books in front of the Krishna Balaram Mandir. What a great place to distribute books, huh? <laughs> Good spot. <laughs> so he saw one lady there. She's from South America. He started speaking to her, and he could see that she didn't know much. You know. So he asked her, well, why are you here in Vrindavan? She said, well, I, I, I'm from South America, and I had this disease, and the doctors, they couldn't cure the disease. Some disease they didn't know about. So this person... Your guru, you know, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada, he came to me in a dream and he said, don't worry, everything will be okay. My name is A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami. And she was like, she woke up as soon as that happened. She's like, you can imagine Prabhupada coming in her dream. So she wrote down his name. She thought she remembered his name. She wrote it down. Of course, she must have, she made some mistakes, but because, you know, it's, it's, a, it's an Indian name. But eventually she was able to to get his name and find out about Iskon and everything. And, and then uh, not long after that, she was free of her disease. She, she was like, wow, this is amazing. Who is this person? So she decided to, to visit a temple. And she, she was had some money. So she found out about Vrindavan. And that is the most important temple. So she went to Vrindavan. And now this devotee is just like completely amazed, you know. Prabhupada came to her in a dream. So he said, well, you know, <coughs> I have all these books that he wrote. I think it would be good for you to find out about what he teaches. And she said, yeah, I'll take whatever you have. So she took a big stack of books. He gave her Jaffa beads. Yeah, so... I mean, amazing. It's like inconceivable. This is person, this diseased person probably comes to her dream. And now she's practicing Krishna consciousness. Tell you one more. Ganapati Maharaj, he's an, an unsung hero. He's been distributing books for about 45 years, at least. Practically nobody knows about him. He just goes all around America distributing books. He was at his table. person came to his table. He said, oh, he said, oh, you have Bhagavad Gita. Can I see the author? Who's the author of this? He turned the picture. He saw the picture of Prabhupada. He said, yes, I'll take this Bhagavad Gita. This person has come in my dreams. And he tells me, read my Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and he's seen others. But when he saw Prabhupada's picture, because he saw, he, Prabhupada came to the, he, he saw the, Face, Prabhupada. <laughs> I'll take this one. Ganapati Maharaj told me this. Yeah. And these are just two things that I know about. So many things are going on out there. Prabhupada's going into people's dreams, you know, they're becoming devotees. <laughs> it hasn't stopped yet. Prabhupada's still preaching. <laughs> He saw the picture, probably, yeah, that's, that's the one I want. 
Yeah. I remember that story you told years ago. You were in New Zealand and you were doing a flat to flat, and you went upstairs. Oh yeah. And just knocked on the door. And you you to want to hear one more story? I'll tell one more story. I'll tell. We went to one apartment building. Me and Kayla Tirta. And when he knocked on the door, the person saw that we were Hare Krishnas. He said, well, wait a second, I have something for you. And we thought he was going to, he was going to give us a, a Bible or something. But he came with the Bhagavad Gita. He said, you know, I got this, guy, this book from you guys years ago. I'm never going to read it. You know, just, just take it. Give it to somebody else that will read it. And I tried to convince him, no, no you know, someday you'll read it. You know, it's a good book. You know, books are patient. It'll wait for you. you know, yeah. <laughs> That's a good thing to say to people. When they say, oh, I don't have any time to read. You know, I'm gonna, and I tell them, you know, I'm going to tell you something now that you've never heard about books. Books are patient. It'll wait for you. Decades. And sometimes they take the book with that. It's a good little line. You know? So, but he didn't want it. But I said, all right. So he took it. And actually, I, I had ran out of Bhagavad Gita's. At that point, I didn't have any Gita's. So Krishna gave, gave me one, gave me one you know, for distribution. So we were leaving, and someone pulled up in the driveway. So I said, well, let me try this guy. So he, he was parked his car and was getting out, and I, I showed him the Bhagavad Gita. And he said, oh, yeah, all right. Show him the pictures and everything. Yeah, yeah, this looks interesting. Yeah, yeah, I'll give you a donation. But I don't have any money on me. I've got to go into the apartment to get some money. So he went right back into the same house, same apartment, with the same Bhagavad Gita. <laughs> and me and Kayla Tirta were like, Krishna, please, don't let this other person see that this other, that his friend has got a Bhagavad Gita who's going to give a donation for it. So a couple minutes later, he came and he gave a donation. And we're like, <laughs> Imagine the expression on this guy's face when he sees the same Bhagavad Gita it's still there <laughs> the moral of the story is if Krishna doesn't want to leave he doesn't leave <laughs> okay thank you very much By the way, if you haven't put your email in, you can still put your email in for receiving uh, the stories. Seminars will be tomorrow as well. Tomorrow 